Look at you. What do you believe in, huh? What do you believe in? I believe whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you stranger. Welcome to Run It Back, the Dark Knight edition. Today we are going to be talking about Christopher Nolan's second movie in the Batman trilogy. I'm your host, Ralph Campiano. I'm an editor at Burbs Entertainment, and I'm joined as always by my two co-hosts, Jack Martin and Evan Northrup, and making her... Sarah, is this your third or fourth appearance? Third. Sarah Smith, the Hall expert, has her first Hall movie, and is not the Hall she wants to talk to or talk about. Probably not want to talk to either, but that was the one I wanted to start with, Sarah, because Sarah has a deep, she's had epiphanies watching Jacob Hall movies. What's your stance on Maggie Hall, Sarah? That was really disrespectful to Maggie Hall Because she is that bitch. <laughs> I love her. I love Maggie Hall. Everyone shits on her so much for being so lame in this movie. And I saw some tweets the other day about how they were saying that Christian Bale was simping so hard for Maggie Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I think she deserves it. Like, seriously, good for her. This is a great time to do this pod because have you guys seen that Stephen A. Smith clip that's going around where he's just yelling about Maggie Gyllenhaal in this movie for about 10 seconds? I think it's on yeah. first take. Yeah, this is a timely podcast just because of that that's coming yeah. out. Right, Evan, well, where do you stay on Maggie Gyllenhaal? Because I just want to get this out of the way at the very top of the pod. Do you want, like, my real yes, Maggie real, Gyllenhaal take I don't want any movie? fake shit. My real take is that she's almost like a K in The Godfather. Like, Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal does a good job, but her and Christian Bale have no chemistry. It is so unbelievable that he is, like, that they've been in love since they were, like, four years old. Dude, like, they could be co-workers <laughs> for all I care. They have just zero... There's zero tension in the room. They just look kind of awkward and, like, yeah, no. Right, here's my Maggie Gyllenhaal. Take. I like Maggie Gyllenhaal, but I'm out on the whole her role. In here's movie. mine. I'm gonna say that when you go to a vending machine, you know you're looking at the Cheetos, you're looking at the Snickers, but then there's like the Nutrigrain bar, and Maggie Gyllenhaal is when you go to the vending machine and all they they have left is fucking Nutrigrain bars, and you're like, I could get one of these from a box at home from my parents' place, but I don't want it when I go to the vending machine. This is supposed to be an experience. This is an event for me. I don't need. I don't need like granola y, plain, dry, make my mouth. F- I cannot stand oh Ma- Maggie Joan Hall. I think she's actually <laughs> Jesus not Christ. fun at all. I think she does a good job in this movie. What? I think she does a good job in this movie. We have never started a podcast like this. I wanted to start like this. I want to start with explosiveness. This is a deep this, dive. I mean, this movie is explosive, oh and I wanted to just get my Joan Hall thoughts out there because I love Jake just like Sarah, but. Maggie's never done it for me. I think she's a fine actor. I think she does a good job. But I thought she was great in the TV show that was on a couple of years ago before James Franco got canceled. That HBO show. Oh, yeah, show. sure. Yeah, she was all right in that. It was good. She blew like a 14-year-old in it, though. Like, I don't know, dude. We don't need to focus on that. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, enough of Maggie Gyllenhaal. 
Enough of Maggie Gyllenhaal. She doesn't deserve the breath. It's not TV. It's HBO. Just because she's fucking Maggie Gyllenhaal. So let's move on. Let's talk about. Oh my god! All right, there, there's a few things I want to talk about. We can talk about whose movie this is. We can talk about is this Nolan's? Is this the Joker's? Or is this Batman's? Evan, I'm gonna let you steer us in the direction that you want to go. But first, let me tell you this: there are 32 different installments of Batman on HBO Max. If you were to just go on to HBO Max and type in the search engine "Batman," you're gonna get 32 different options. Is this the best out of all of those options? I'm sure you've seen all 32 of them, the comic book nerd that you are, and. If it's not, then where does it rank in there? I'm going to steer this in a little bit of a different direction. I like that question. And I mean, just off the top of my head, I'd say have to say it's the best Batman rendition there's ever been. But I will say that's interesting, you talking about whose movie this is. Because watching this movie was the first time I realized there is no main character. Christian Bale, without the Batman mask, is in this movie for probably less than 15 minutes. Then you have Batman in the mask, but it's not really like character driven by you know him beating dude's ass you have joker in this who has probably less than 15 minutes on screen harvey dent might have the most screen time in this movie it's just wild to me re-watching this and it's been such a different rewatch every time and especially this time to really see that this movie does not have a main character and even though it is a batman movie um i really don't see this he's he's i don't see him as being like the front-running main character in this movie he's just kind of part of an ensemble jack Christopher Nolan. I think this is his best work. This is my favorite movie that he's ever made. But if you could go back into 2008 and tell Nolan, hey, buddy, you don't get to make other movies. You don't get to make Inception or Interstellar or Tenet. You're only going to make DC Extended Universe movies. Would you rather have him do that, or do you want the Inceptions and Interstellars of the world? I'd rather him do the Inceptions and Interstellars just because I the thing that I like about the bat his Batman movies is that they're kind of grounded in reality. They're superhero movies, but he's not he has he never really faces anybody that has crazy otherworldly powers. In the first one, Scarecrow makes people hallucinate cuz he releases a gas and the Joker is just a crazy clown that's about all about anarchy. Um a movie like Justice League that we just saw wouldn't really fit that universe. Like, I don't think that his version of Batman with Christian Bale could exist in an extended universe that we would expect from. So you don't want to you see know, Nolan such a Superman. wide-ranging world of superheroes. Not really. What Superman about Catwoman? Sucks. I don't want to see any more Superman movies. No more Anne Hathaway. Oh, Anne Hathaway. Now that's 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 a different conversation than Maggie Gyllenhaal right there. No, I won't. Okay, Sarah, I have, I have one last question, and I'm posing it to you. Was the Joker ahead of the curve? Are there any of his philosophies that you might subscribe to? Was Heath Ledger was the blueprint? Any character that anyone, any Joker that anyone will ever play from now until the end of time will be based off of Heath Ledger's Joker. They're never going to base them off each other. Like he. That's so true. Is the Joker. Okay. And it's just because the last, I had never seen him in anything else before this, like until recently. And then I did the Jake Gyllenhaal binge and then I saw him in Brokeback Mountain. And just the fact that that's the same person blows my brain. I could think about it all day. For like the first like 10 years of me watching this, I never saw Heath Ledger behind the, behind the paint or makeup, whatever you want to call it. I think it's paint, but I never saw him. I only saw Joker. It was like this different 
machination of Heath Ledger's face. It's like, he, I literally did not think he existed. He dove so deep into the role that it was just Joker. But this time around, this like this last particular watch, when I was super chopped, I started seeing Heath Ledger and I felt so proud of myself because like it was when his paint was starting to get ch- chipped off a little bit when he was um, when he was in the prison or in the jail cell that uh, Commissioner Gordon got him in. But it was just weird for me because it's like I've only ever seen him as Joker and now I'm starting to see him behind it. And honestly, it made me kind of sad because I'm like, holy shit, if we could have gotten another one of these, I would have fucked... I would have literally... I wouldn't have killed anybody, but I would have done some Joker-style torturing for at least one more of these movies. I wouldn't go through with it, but I would, I would consider yeah. it. All right. I do think it's crazy, though, to think of there is like a long list of actors that have been defined by a role, but there are so few characters that are defined by an actor. And I think that's so wild that Heath Ledger is one of those people because Jared Leto's Joker, I mean, that's just a bad ripoff of his. And I don't think you're ever going to go back to some Jack Nicholson type, you know, cartoonish Joker because Heath Ledger has just completely changed it. And I don't think that could be overstated how, how wild that is, how much this role, because if you take it for granted now, but if you went to the movie theater, last time you've seen the Joker is Jack Nicholson. You <laughs> see this guy doing this, like that is insane. It's just And he crazy. won the Oscar posthumously uh, for Best Supporting Actor, probably the only time any superhero or hero is ever going to win an Oscar. So... Shout out to the Academy for that. It's honestly a pretty good job by them. But I was talking to um, Ben Masterson about it one night, and I came to the conclusion that this movie is not a superhero movie, kind of like Jack was saying, because it is so grounded in reality. I think of it as a psychological thriller, a la Silence of the Lambs. But Jodie Foster, or Batman is Jodie Foster in the scenario, and instead of Hannibal Lecter, we have the Joker. So this isn't like, we don't have a galactic invasion. We don't have CGI Steppenwolf. We don't have Thanos snapping fingers. We don't have a conglomeration of a hundred fucking different characters that we've built up to. We only have one movie prior to this in the Nolan verse. And then we have this and it's just a slap in the face from the moment that we get going. I mean, we'll talk about that opening scene later when we talk about most valuable scene, but right from the get go, you're like, okay, we're in essentially Chicago, right? Like this is not a special city or anything like that. It's just another big city. Um, So let's go into the categories a little bit. The letterbox summary for this movie in case you haven't seen it. Why so serious? Batman raises the stakes in his war on crime. With the help of Lieutenant Jim Gordon and District Attorney Harvey Dent, Batman sets out to dismantle the remaining criminal organizations that plague the streets. The partnership proves to be effective, but they soon find themselves prey to a reign of chaos unleashed by a rising criminal mastermind known to the terrified citizens of Gotham as the Joker. It is sitting at 4.4 on Letterboxd. It is the first superhero movie that we've done on this podcast. Might not be the last. We'll talk talk about Thor Ragnarok down the road. But for right now, this is our first superhero movie for a good reason. And right now on Rotten Tomatoes, it's at 94%. Metacritic, 84%. IMDb, 9 out of 10. Jack, what makes this the greatest superhero movie of all time? And why are we talking about it instead of Avengers Endgame or Iron Man? I think I don't even think it's the nostalgia factor, but this movie's such a big part of our generation and us growing up. It's one of my most rewatched movies. I mean, it's been out for almost thirteen years, and I feel like I've watched it at least once a year. And when I was a kid, I was watching it all the time. I had the DVD. I think a big part of this movie is the pacing as well. It just from the jump gets into it and keeps on going, and it kind of doesn't let you go. But I kind of agreed with Northrop's 
Letterboxd review saying that the last 45 minutes drags a bit. I've noticed on this time a lot how I kind of found myself not being as attentive or as drawn in as I am as the beginning two hours or so just because I think it loses the element of excitement, especially with the boat scene and Joker and how the last kind of confrontation ends with Two-Face that I think it just kind of loses that excitement that it has at the beginning. But it stands the test of time. I don't. I think it's probably going to be a timeless movie. There's not really, it's not really reliant on special effects. So, if you look at a movie like the original Hulk from like 2003 or whatever, it's not going to hold up because it looks like dog shit. The Dark Knight is so a Nolan movie and the production value is so high and it's not relying on special effects like we see now, like Justice League, where it's all CGI. And it's just a fucking sick movie. The Joker's an incredible villain. It's going to be damn near impossible for anybody to top it and like the biggest villain of our times that followed the joker is thanos and he's a purple computer generated alien whereas the joker is like a real performance and it's not just a super villain performance it's a genuinely good dramatic performance of an insane crime boss like i don't see the joker anymore in this movie as a super villain i see him as evan what's your stance on the other crime organizations the mafia um, who just fun fact, um, the guy, I think there's terrible Italian representation in this, uh, Sal Maroni, who's like the head of the mafia family is played by Eric Roberts. Like, why didn't they just throw the bag at De Niro? Right? Like, I mean, come on, like how much more fun would that be? Um, <laughs> um, do you think the Joker was successful enough, Evan? Or do you think that, I mean, do you think he even had a plan at all? Like, was there any success like that could be garnished from it? Or was it just... Whatever happened, happened. He was happy either way to just fuck shit up. Well, I mean, I think his thing is definitely, you know, he's the man who wants to watch the world burn. But I do want to wrap that answer up into what Jack brought up, which is my Letterbox interview, which was something I've noticed at this rewatch. And the past couple, because I'd say I'm with Jack, I've watched this movie at least once a year. This, I never really thought about it until we were doing it for the podcast, and I really realized this may be one of the most rewatched movies I've ever watched. And... This could be wrapped up in that, but I really do think that the last 45 minutes after Maggie Gyllenhaal dies, after the Joker sticks his head out the window like a dog and drives down the street looking crazy, the movie does slow down a little bit. And I think with your point of is the Joker successful enough, I think it's be partly a little bit a little bit because we end with Two-Face and that's not exciting as the Joker and I love the Joker in this movie, but I think a little bit... It, Two, it's a little anticlimactic. There's like a sick part of your brain that kind of wants the Joker to keep going. Like you want the Joker to win. Like it's not quite right when he's just losing in an abandoned building on kind of like a half trumped up plan against Batman. Like there's something that never feels right about that. And I think a lot of that too, uh, I mean the sad story with Heath Ledger is there was probably, he was probably going to be in a third movie. There was going to be a continuation of the story. But every time I get to that last 45 minutes, it's like I'm just waiting to watch the Joker lose and that's not it's i don't love it i get a little bit restless every time kind of like okay i'm sort of done with the dark yeah I, which makes really makes me maybe say that it's his movie because those are the parts i don't I watch the last 15 minutes anymore I, I actually just i just didn't watch the harvey dent scene where he's pointing a gun at commissioner gordon's mm-hmm. son i just find that honestly not very fun like <laughs> like you guys are totally right like yeah i tune out you. sarah will this be a better movie if it just cut to black rolled credits right after we get the shot of heath ledger rolling his hair out the window, completely sweaty, looking dog-like in the police car. 
I don't know because I never thought about it the way that you guys are talking about it. Like the end of the movie is always what has tripped me up the most because I feel like for so long you watch this just to watch something like you watch it for just entertainment value. And then at a certain point you kind of turn the corner and you start watching it for like being a Christopher Nolan film, like a movie, like mm-hmm. stuff you have to try and kind of figure out. I feel like everything sort of like, I feel like I've memorized the entire first like three quarters of this movie. Like, you know, what's going on all the time. I can look down at my phone and still like be able to tell you what's happening. And then when you get to the end, it kind of gets blurry for me, which like kind of compels me to pay closer attention. And I don't necessarily know why that is, but like, I don't know that I would ever turn it off early because the ending scene where they like say like whatever he's not he's the hero gotham deserves but not the one it needs right now like whatever that is that like sticks with me like that's like one of the scenes that i feel like really makes this movie because that's what it kind of builds up to it is a complicated like the first two or three times i watched this movie i was like well why the fuck isn't batman getting a statue right like that should just be the way it is but you know now that i'm older and i've watched it like you guys have said like Every single parent that exists has this on Blu-ray. I can guarantee you if you go through your parents' DVD chambers that they're going to have this on Blu-ray. Like, my dad might have had two or three copies of this movie. Everybody fucking loves it. It's universally beloved. But I think that the fact that it has a complicated ending just speaks to how much how, how different it is from everything else that it stands against. Just because they're like, how many superhero movies do they put a phone bomb in some fat guy's stomach from Arkham and then blow up a prison. Like, there's just stuff that happens in this movie. You're like, this shouldn't be going down. Like, I mean, the first six minutes, I mean, we could go to Most Valuable Scene now if you want to and talk about this opening scene, but we see, like, five or six deaths just right off the bat. Just suppressed pistols, guys betraying one another, and right from the get-go, we are set to believe that, oh, we have an unreliable narrator, an unreliable evil leader, and from there on out, like... We're just in his hands, and we're kind of like Batman in that way. Like, we're reacting to him rather than letting him do what he has to do and then, you know, understanding what his next move is. There is no next move. He's figuring out his long... Like, he's improvising the entire movie. Um, All right, one word or phrase to describe this film. Jack? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I actually wanted to add something. Um when you were talking about how this is the only superhero movie that would put a exploding cell phone in a prisoner's stomach, this movie set that the bar for having a dark tone in a superhero movie so high that I don't think it's really ever been reciprocated in the way that films are aiming for. I think everybody's trying to get that perfect mix that they got tonally. And it's, it has been lived up to the Joker solo movie is, I think separate and that movie is just so different in the terms of how like the story's presented and it's meant to just beat you down. But even with movies like Suicide Squad where it's like a weird mix, like they're trying to be darker, but <laughs> it ends up just having really shitty jokes interlaced and Batman v Superman where it's so over the top dramatic that it just plays off as funny when it's not supposed to. And Zack Snyder's cut got it improved on it, but no one's been able to nail it down as perfectly as the Dark Knight has. When people talk about dark superhero movies, like the complete and I would of what Marvel puts out, every I think feel like everybody's mind that, shoots to the Dark Knight. Sort of theme, maintaining that tone than any of the other movies that DC put out. Like I. Okay, we're just 
Where does Dark Knight Rises stand in comparison to it then? I don't know what your guys' stances are on Rises. We, I don't think any of us have ever really talked about it other than Jack and I doing our Bane impressions. But, Evan, where do you stand on Rises? Is it a, is it a worthy I, sequel? I gotta, oh, dark. I gotta give a quick shout-out in dark superhero movies to Logan, which isn't quite dark, but yep. I love that movie. I just want to say That's that. Great, um, uh, and I don't think that they would have made that movie an R-rated movie if The Dark Knight didn't exist. But um, The Dark Knight Rises, I think, is one of the most impressive sequels of all time. I think the fact that you can follow up one of the greatest performances of all time, an actor who passed away before his time, or really just uh, a story that kind of is encapsulated and sort of finishes itself with The Dark Knight, the fact that you would be able to make a movie that even comes close and doesn't completely fumble the ball is, I think it's great. I, I love The Dark Knight Rises, and I think it's kind of a testament to Christopher Nolan that they could just they that he could finish out that movie and make something that felt complete and didn't feel like it was letting down the Dark Knight. Um, what was just what was your guys's into initial interaction with this movie? Did you guys all see it in theaters? I didn't know. I don't think I did. No, my uncle my uncle screwed me out of seeing it in theaters because my cousin was younger than me and he's like, "Oh, it's too dark. You can't see it." So I missed it in theaters, but I ended up watching it on like HBO or something. And then my family and I saw this movie in theaters. I want to say twice, but it might have been three times. We couldn't get enough of it. I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was um there was like a mass shooting uh or a a theater shooting. Somebody came in with a gun, a machine gun, and like I want to say it was. I was to say I think that was was for Rises. That was for Rises because they I think they were dressed like the Joker. I don't want to say that if it's not true. But, and it was like something to do with the prizes. Okay. Um, but I think it was well, kind of a bad tonal shift here. But let's give a let's give out some awards. Let's go to yeah. all film first team. Um, our guards, Batman and Joker. Any um, any disagreements there? Um, I honestly feel like you could slot Commissioner Gordon next to Batman in a way. And I feel like Joker could be the big because something I noticed on this rewatch is how important <laughs> Commissioner Gordon is to the story and how much screen yeah. time he has. Like he's right up there with everybody else. I feel like That's he's on screen see, dude, as much movie as Batman. Does not have a main character, and also Harvey Dent, who another small take nitpick. I don't love Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent, but he is just as much screen time you, as the rest of them like too. They, they Dent. could all be guards. Could, could Leo have done it better? I think he could have. I think that just Brad being Pitt. a comic book nerd and being that he's supposed to be two-faced even before he gets half his face burned off, I never quite buy him as being like like a kind of like an, like an actor within an actor. Like He should be a guy who you have this feeling that he's concealing like his true self. But in this movie, when he makes that switch and grabs the police officer who's faking it and kind of turns evil out of nowhere... I, I don't buy it. It's too hard of a left turn every time. I feel like this the performance should have sort of built that up, but um, that's just a small thing. It doesn't ruin the movie or anything. What if it was... <laughs> what if it was Sandler? <laughs> and when he switches to Two-Face, he just starts talking in like his high-pitched baby voice. <laughs> same special, same special effects, like the same gory effects. But same, Adam says, "Well, is is Two Face at least? I mean, he has so much screen time in this movie. I feel like he has to have a forward spot locked down. Like, mm. and I'll hundred percent. 
Yeah, for sure. And Harvey Dent before Harvey Dent before Two Face is pivotal to the story too because it helps build up that relationship with Ralph's girlfriend Maggie Gyllenhaal. Okay. We yeah, we lost you there, second. Jack. Yeah, you cut out. <laughs> um, all right. Did I cut out? I'm making an executive decision in my here. Group Maggie Gyllenhaal is not even in the rotation on this team. She might be our 11th or 12th man on the bench. Um, dude, no, dude, I'm, I'm denying. Alfred, She's Alfred be or Lucius? Well, it's not her Alfred fault. Sh- it's not her fault, dude. She just she gives a great. She's performance. such a she big fold of who Batman is. It's not her fault. Let is her she lose. more important than yeah. Alfred or Lucius? To the story, definitely. Okay, to the story, Arguably, sure. Yeah. But we're talking about the movie here. Like, do you actually need Maggie Gyllenhaal? Because I'm arguing that you could just replace her with Plus, fucking anybody. Like, no. Give me, give me. No, you can't take. Give me, give me Halle Berry ten times out of ten. She's not even as good of an actor, but at least she's gonna be like, she's gonna no. be more charming and convincing. Shut up. <laughs> Courtney Cox. I would watch Courtney. Courtney Cox, Cox would be killer in this. It's she more. deserves that spot. I'm just a Courtney Cox fan. Come on. Oh, okay, so I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to have the Alfred or Lucius conversation here, guys. And Jack and I talked about it when we talked about the Snyder Cup, but this is the way Alfred's supposed to be. He's not supposed to be sexy. He's not supposed to be sn- – he is a little snarky in this. He tells cute stories about jewel thieves and, mm-hmm. you know, he's got that Michael Caine charm and all this kind of stuff. But Lucius – but <laughs> Lucius Michael is the Kine. fucking man in this movie, dude. I love Morgan Freeman in this so much. And if we give a spot to Maggie Gyllenhaal over Michael Caine or Morgan Freeman, then I'm going to be hurt personally. You I'm have sorry, such this dude. resentment, though. It's about the story. What does Alfred do in this movie besides... I'm not saying that Michael have, Caine is have, sick, I, right, but like, what's Alfred doing besides just kind of watching Batman <laughs> well, play with new guns listen. and burn a letter? That Maggie Gyllenhaal, <laughs> that was written for Batman. That's like a massive are, reveal about the relationship and her feelings for him. And like, it's darkness that he's going to hold for the rest of his life because he didn't save the her. Forwards. These are the supporting actors of the film. The people who excel in their specific role to a degree where they're nationally recognized for it. I don't see anybody talking positively about Maggie Gyllenhaal on Twitter and Letterboxd. I see Michael Caine and Lucia's support across the fucking board, Dude. dog. I'm not even trying. No, you Anyone don't. People talk no about Bruce Almighty from Morgan Freeman I'd... before The Dark Knight. I was going to say, yeah, the same thing. I'm sorry. Like, Lucius is great, but, like, what he's, like, uh, he he's kind of just playing, like, a, a very small role. Uh, to, to, like, uh, Nobody is showing up to Beijing yeah. in a private jet and then telling that guy to go fuck himself to his face, uh, Lao, and Morgan Freeman pulls it off so well, and he's charming in it. And that is I mean, scene. come on. like When he's talking about sonar technologies, I'm not listening to anybody else talk about sonar tech, like submarine technologies other than Morgan Freeman. I'm just zoning out. If Vin Diesel is Lucius Fox, then I'm like, get this fucking guy out of my face. But Morgan Freeman, oh, eat it up. It's like cheese curds. I just want more. Well, I have to jump back in here. I got on Twitter because I was angry <laughs> about you talking shit about Maggie Gyllenhaal. And someone tweeted, Maggie Gyllenhaal in The Dark Knight was one of the most unconvincing baby faces of all time. She said, He said that when she got blown up, the entire theater erupted in cheers. <laughs> Twitter wins. You guys fucking lose. All three of you are fucking Gyllenhaal worshipping losers. You love mediocrity. 
That's your problem. Jack's a Bulls fan. Evan, you're great. I love you, Evan. Sarah lo- loves mm-hmm. all the Jake Gyllenhaal movies, regardless of how <laughs> good they are. But Maggie Gyllen, I can't believe we're so divided over this. I, th- I thought that this was a consensus, honestly, that we all just... I just don't think it's her fault. Like, I don't think it's her performance that does it. I think it's how she bounces off Christian Bale and even Harvey Dent. Like, I don't know if it's her fault. Okay, it's we've talked saying. about Ma- we've talked about fine. Maggie Gyllenhaal way too much. Um, right, let's move on. Right. <laughs> her and Clooney mm, would have had true. great chemistry. Her and Michael, her and Michael Keaton, the wrong Batman now, movie. sign me up. Buy me twelve roses and take me to the movies. We're watching that. <laughs> we've talked about Maggie Joe and all more than we've bat, talked about Joe. Like would... This is an absolute sin. Let's go on to most valuable scene. I can guarantee you our most valuable scene award is not going to go to one with Maggie Joe and all in it. First nomination is the opening scene, the introduction to the Joker and all of his little henchmen that he adopted from Arkham. Second scene. This is my personal favorite. Just the entire sequence of him in, in jail. Like, from... The interview? The, yeah, sure. Like, the um, the interrogation, him in jail clapping when Commissioner Gordon becomes the commissioner, um, him escaping it when he blows everybody up, him talking shit to that guy about how many of your friends have I killed and do you want to know which ones are cowards? Those are my two nominations. Did you guys have any other na- nominations or do you want to dive into these scenes? Those are literally my two nominations. I'm exactly with you. All right, let's talk about the opening scene first. This is we've we've given the for a lot of the movies we've done, we've given the opening scene the award, but I think this one is the most deserving. This one is a fucking like I mentioned earlier, it's a slap in the face. It's like welcome to this universe. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of backstabbing involved. This guy is really really selfish, and he's also really enigmatic. We don't really get a good grip on who the Joker is for the first twenty to thirty minutes. He's just kind of a constant terror in this world. Is this, I mean, we can save this for the goat section, I guess, but we could kind of, you know, skip to it now. But is this the best opening action sequence you guys have ever seen? I mean, it's up there. Action Saving sequence? Private Ryan, sure, you guys can make that argument. I'm not the biggest Saving Private Ryan fan, but, like, just off the top of my head, this is, like, unbelievable. Like, crashing a school bus through a bank in the first, like, seven minutes of the movie is just unbelievable to me. I would say straight up action sequences, it's undeniably the best. You could choose maybe some other, you know, or uh, the yeah, is it does the Matrix open with that whole running scene, that whole like kind of chase scene? I don't know if the last time you guys saw that movie. That's a really good opening action scene. But I'd yeah, I'd take this one. Don't want to get too into it. Okay. Well, what about the interrogation scene? Now the interrogation scene, we see a lot of good cop, bad cop. In movies, it's a, a trope that's been awfully played out. But how about good cop, Batman cop? When Batman is just beating the living shit out of him and Joker goes full masochist. Jack, you're a masochist. Do you want to kind of talk to me about what it's like to love pain? Hashtag defund Batman. That's really <laughs> irresponsible police tactics. Um, I mean, that scene, it's... That's like the on-screen Joker and Batman mm-hmm. interaction. And it's really the only real one we've had in decades because the Snyder Cut one was just a Batman wet fever dream about the Joker teasing him about giving him hand jobs if he's dead. So it's – I don't know. I feel like that movie's like a re- – that scene in particular, that whole prison sequence just really – Kind of as we touched on earlier, nails in the tone. The dude's got the 
bone in his stomach. The Joker's taunting these cops. Batman's slamming his face onto a table. And the Joker's just laughing as he does it. And then it leads in to the third act with Two-Face is about to become a thing. And I don't know. That scene just always stands out. It's something that you're looking forward to just because you get to see them interact. Um, You get to see the Joker just at his craziest I'd say um and it kind of sucks that Christian Bale I feel like he's such a good actor but being Batman like the way that he does it is so restrictive of his acting capabilities that I feel like if there was a way where you could be almost freer as Batman and more high energy and dramatic that this scene would be taken to an even further level which is crazy to think about I don't know if I agree with that I feel like how could you possibly have like spiced up his Batman anymore without just making it gimmicky? Like he's supposed to be monotonous. Like he's supposed to be like so kind of just like neutral and just, you know, you can't even figure out if he's good or bad. Like he's just right. And he just kind of coasts. And I feel like he nails that. Sarah, do you think he's the best Batman or do you lean towards our boy Batfleck? Oh my god, I hate Batfleck. <laughs> what about Michael Keaton? I venture to guess that Robert Pattinson will be better than Ben Affleck was. But I just think that the only reason you would argue that Christian Bale is the best Batman is because this is the best Batman mm. movie. Like, I don't think really Like, he suits kind of the entire tone of the movie. Like, Christian Bale as an actor, like, his general vibe kind of fits with what this is supposed to be. I have not watched enough of the earlier Batmans to give a really educated answer. I would argue that he's the best Bruce Wayne, but I don't know if he's the best Batman. I don't know who the best Batman is. I actually think Batfleck does a pretty good job of it, but yeah. as far as being Bruce Wayne, I mean, Christian Bale fucking rocks at it. Like, he, you buy that he's a billionaire. He's you buy that he just drives a Lamborghini casually and that he shows up with Russian, Russian ballets to his own fundraisers. I buy all of that. But um, I, I kind of am in between Jack and sarah here because like sarah's right he's supposed to be even keeled he's supposed to be a tweener between good and bad but he's always going to do the right thing right but then jack's also right like i mean he is a brilliant actor like christian bale is probably one of the more talented actors we've ever had and he is kind of resorted into this (laughs) jack do your batman voice (laughs) what do you want me to say uh where 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 is is she? she yeah where is she <laughs> dude he's good. so good at it he's Where so good she? at it i love it so much um all right that's so sad <laughs> fuck rachel's dead i have nothing alfred has dementia <laughs> i don't want to fly off the handle too much here but whenever does anybody else feel a little bit american psycho vibes whenever they watch batman as a like Christian Bale is a billionaire. I this is like maybe really getting way too into it, but it surprises me they cast him just because like you're casting the same dude that played uh, the American Psycho guy in a guy who's be like a millionaire who's wearing nice suits. Like you would think that in the early two thousands, every viewer is gonna go to the movies and think, oh, this guy reminds me exactly of that movie from ten years ago. But that's just a just a small thought. You know. All right, let's go into um top five quotes. Um, I've got what doesn't kill you makes you stranger. That's his core belief. 
Madness, as you know, is like gravity. All it takes is a little push. Um, out of the four of us, which one is most likely, if we were to be pushed by a little bit of madness, to um, start an anarchist group, kind of like the Jokers? Who who, who do you nominate, Sarah, between the three of us? I would nominate myself. Yeah. I was going to nominate Sarah. Okay. Mm. okay. I didn't know that side of you, Sarah. Sarah could put it into action. I would have the idea, but Sarah could actually put it into action. She would, like, somehow have a whole warehouse full of insane people. I think he's right. Clown makeup by the weekend. Shall you be taking the bat pod, sir? In the middle of the day, Alfred. The Lamborghini, then. Much more subtle. I love that line. And that's why and that entire delivery by Alfred is better than Maggie Joan Hall's entire performance. Um, some men just want to watch the world burn. I'm not seeing a lot of Maggie Joan Hall quotes on here. It's crazy. Um, I want my phone call, the Joker. Let's put a smile on that face. Uh, you think you can steal from us and just walk away? Yeah. I love that. That whole scene is really good, too. I mean, wait, wait, wait. Quick nitpick. The TV that Lau is on. How are they talking to him? It's like a really old, like, Casio television that's like a box that's like the size of, like, I don't even know, like a really old Xbox. Like, this thing is disgusting. How are they communicating going through that? That's so 2008, because you wouldn't have questioned it. You'd have been like, oh, the mob, they have enough money to make their TV talk. <laughs> like, in 2008, that would have made so much sense. Um, Want to know how I got these scars? Why so serious? Uh, which one's the winner? Is it why so serious? Yeah. I mean, that's the one that's... That was on the, uh, that was on the poster, like... I think. Alright. Yeah. It was, like, him, like, behind, yeah. like, a... F- yeah, yeah. It was, like, fog with, like, writing in blood. I got, yeah, two more nominations. I love when he says, even to a guy like me, that's cold to Batman. It's kind of a really comedic mm-hmm. line. And then just one about his character is when he says, I'm a dog chasing cars. I, I wouldn't know what that. to do it's if I caught a it. summation of his yeah. character. Yeah. It's, it's great. Those, those yeah, that's a screenwriter lines. flex right there. Um, all right, the goat section. Is this the greatest superhero movie of all time? Yeah, Wonder Woman 1984 is not in contention. Wonder Woman 1984 is just on the outside of contention. I feel about that movie how Ralph. Okay, then this is the best one. I feel that way the same way I do about Maggie Joan Hall. And you want to know why? It's because I have consistent taste, Sarah. And you would feel the same way if you were consistent as I was. Um, All right, goat section once again. Is this the greatest Batman movie? Batman Enterprise? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Hundred um, percent. The their best ever section. Heath Ledger. Wait. Let oh, me no, get a goat. Go let me Bye get about. a goat in. Is this the greatest opening scene of a movie? We already kind of went through this. Are we landing yeah. on yes? I would that? say yes. And then my other my other one is this the greatest Chicago yeah. movie? I would go out on a limb and say this. No other movie yeah. shows off yeah. Chicago the way this movie does. Well, I think that's difficult because it never it never addresses it as Chicago. It's always Gotham, so there's an identity true. issue there. But if you, you know, though. But if you've spent time in Chicago, it is so such a Chicago movie. Like, I don't know. I think it's I think it's such a Chicago movie. There are a couple of scenes that if you like pause and mm-hmm. look at the buildings in the back, you can see uh, Chicago like written yeah. on some of the stuff. And I just think like for the Chicago kid, like that's just well, the- something. Like- I think from the, the underground scene too. Go villain with, performance. With, 
with the semi truck and stuff that's such a chicago thing that's that street that goes right uh, by the river and they smash the armored car into the chicago river like that's all such like my a chase scene that could only happen in chicago sarah max saw that scene getting filmed and they recorded it on like a old video camera and i remember him showing it to me in like that's fourth crazy. grade like this handheld footage of that semi truck going into the chicago river of my parents for not being like, holy shit, they're filming Batman and like taking us on a field trip downtown. My like, go Chicago movie is the Blues Brothers for what it's worth. Oh, I was gonna say Ferris Bueller is the other one. Yeah. Ferris Bueller, but the Blues Brothers, man, that's a really all good right. One. The their best ever section. Heath Ledger, Sarah, you're a Brokeback Mountain fanatic now. Is is he better in this or is he better in in that? Of course, he's better in this, but. It is a good I mean, movie. my God. What about 10 Things movie? I Hate About You? Jack? Evan? I love A Knight's Tale. 10 Things I Hate About You is inside. Really? I love that poem. Oh, it's so cute. What a cute ending. I love that movie. Okay, uh, Christian Bale. This, American Psycho. Where are we landing? Empire of the Sun. <laughs> I don't know. Ford versus Ferrari? The Big I, Short. I wouldn't put it this movie. I don't. He's just um, not in this Vice, movie. Hello. Vice. Hello. Vice is pretty good. <laughs> Dick Cheney. He's good in Vice. If 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 Christian Bale was played <laughs> Dick Cheney in the Batman costume, employing like torture interrogation <laughs> tactics on the Joker, I think that'd be really ironic fold in the DC extended universe. <laughs> Maggie Gyllenhaal is oh, her best ever. You're just kicking a dead horse. Is it? I don't know. Is it her best ever? I don't know what her best ever is. The Deuce. The Deuce? Oh, I'll give The Deuce her best. She's good in that. Okay. Michael Caine? Michael Caine. <laughs> okay, no, have you guys seen Now You See Me? Have you seen those movies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I fell asleep. He's really, really charming in seen- Hannah and Her Sisters. It's an old Woody Allen movie, so we're not allowed to talk about it, but he's... It's like from 1984. He's really young. He's super charming in it. Has anybody seen Get Carter? I have not. No. He's cool in that movie. Well, he's kind of terrible, but it's the 70s, mm-hmm. so we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Morgan Freeman. Is this his best ever? No. He's in it for like two minutes. It's like Dude, a what is with you and Lucius Fox? I love Fox. Lucius. I want, a, I want a Lucius Fox so bad. <laughs> Morgan Freeman was on set for like three days max. Gary Oldman. <laughs> I feel like he didn't talk about him in podcast. Oh, no. He's, we, we haven't talked about Oldman at all. Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. He's good in that. Serious Black. He's great Serious Black. He's great in Mank. He's good as Gary's. I always forget he's Serious Black. He won an Oscar for being Winston Churchill. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe that's his best. Darkest ever. Hour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw that in theaters with my dad. Oh, have you guys seen him in Bram Stoker's Dracula? Francis I Ford have Coppola not seen movie. that. I've been waiting to watch that. <laughs> it, it's a good time. It's not a great movie, but it's a lot of fun. Okay, oh. could Leo have done it better? Um, what's no? You guys are just so quick to shut down Leo, as if he can't do everything. Where are you gonna I plug? Feel like we could talk about a Leo Batman for an hour. I don't buy it. I wouldn't be able to buy into it. I'd be like, this is just Leonardo DiCaprio. Just like, would Le- he got bored? <laughs> What about as Two Face? What about as Two Face? 
Again, it'd be like Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio's mm-hmm. board. Why is he two faced? Yeah, I don't. Matter. I'd rather have him as Maggie Joe at all. Honestly, he'd be a much I'm he'd done. be a much I'm better Rachel. I'm done. I'm done with it. <laughs> Okay. Dude, Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> is not going to be in a Batman movie if he's not playing Batman. Like, he's not going to be like, ooh, the new Batman movie's coming out and Leonardo DiCaprio's playing the Penguin. <laughs> like, that's not going to happen. He's I'm not saying he's going to play the Penguin. I'm saying he's going to be... Okay, whatever. Whatever. I mean, you're you're taking this too literally. You're, you're taking this, like, a breaking like, news type oh, deal. I'm saying if Leo was in this movie... Leonardo DiCaprio is... If Leo played. was in this movie, would the movie not be better? Like, I think that's the simplest fucking thing. I'm, like, Evan was just talking about... How if he was old... If he was old, he would be a great outfit. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> yeah. If he was 70 years old, tell me Leonardo DiCaprio couldn't play a great outfit. We haven't seen him in a movie in 25 years. Okay, I had a, I had a good would you rather if you guys are ready for it. Would I'm you rather ready. spend 24 hours with the Joker or five minutes with Rachel Dawes? Oh my god, dude. You are I, relentless. I want to go back to what you said earlier. But I want to say that when you asked if you would rather keep this movie or all of Christian Bale's other movies. No, Christopher yeah, Nolan. Christopher Nolan's other movies. I would argue that I would keep these over everything else he's made. I feel very strongly about how this movie was. Okay, well, would you rather spend five minutes with Rachel Dawes or 24 hours with the Joker? Because nobody's answered me yet, and Jack was actually thinking about it pretty deeply. Okay, so can can the Joker hurt me? No. Yeah. I'm protected. Then the Joker. You're protected. The jo- you're, you're essentially the Joker's accomplice. Let's and, ride. Okay. Dude, I would I'd love that, to pick like, his brain. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I just want to be like... I'd, I'd do that over hanging with Batman. I'd start and be like, all right, cut the bullshit. Like, how'd you actually get the scars? <laughs> and then just go from there. You see what I did there, Sarah? I made I made them convince themselves that they would rather spend time with the Joker than Maggie Gyllenhaal. They didn't even consider spending time with Rachel Dawes because she's so fucking boring. And they know that they would well, get nothing j- out of it. What are you even going to talk about with her? You're not going to talk about sports. You're not going to talk about. You're going to talk about. You're only giving stuff? us five minutes to be fair. I okay. mean, the time frame. I'll, I'll give you. Different. I'll give you a week. A week with her. That sounds worse to me. That sounds painful. I think I think that I would rather spend time with the Joker than pretty much every other person that I've ever met or seen in a movie. Is the problem with this question? Yeah, he would just be so fun to spend okay, time then with. Let, if let, he can't let's substitute, let's substitute Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne for the Joker in the scenario. Are you, would you rather hang out with Christian Bale at his electric apartment or his condo, or his house on top of a building, whatever the fuck they want to call it, and drive around in Lamborghinis and? Shoot bad guys, or do you want to, you know, go to Village Inn again with Rachel Dawes? He is probably such a downer to hang out with, so I'll take Rachel, dude. <laughs> he is probably just the biggest buzzkill ever. Like, what are you going to talk actually about? He's actually got for sure. Money he's or crime? For sure a dick. He's got... He hasn't read a newspaper in 25 years. He's been too busy working Okay, you have a blast. He doesn't know how to do you anything. You have a blast with Rachel Dawes going over court papers, and I'm going to be with uh, Bruce Wayne in the Russian ballet on a yacht. So we'll see who has more fun, Evan. Um, in reality, I, Bruce Wayne right. is like sitting in front of police scanners for eight hours a day, just chain smoking cigarettes and crying <laughs> the pictures of like Rachel Dawes. So like, I think we only get to see like little bits and pieces of his day. I think he's probably a real dick and not fun to hang out with. Definitely you see, not. the um, I don't even know what you would call it, but I love fixing broken people. That's why I'm such good friends with Evan. 
because when I when Evan came to me initially, <laughs> he he was he was a broken person, and I've repaired him into the soul that he is today—a kind and gentle one, a loving one—and I would do the same exact mm-hmm. thing with Bruce Wayne. He doesn't I'm, want your help. He has billions of dollars. He would pay a professional to do it. He just money doesn't like, buy happiness. Peasant. Everything okay. and everybody he's ever loved is dead. He can't find happiness. Alfred's still alive. Bat, he puts on a bat costume and fights crime. There's something <laughs> deep inside missing in him. Huh? He is so sick of Batman. He does everything. I mean, he is so sick of Alfred. In every movie, he tries to get away from him. <laughs> He's just trying all these schemes to finally lead Alfred behind. He finally does it. Batman Returns. And he has to end up with Anne Hathaway to do it, which is almost just as bad. What? Why are you so down on Anne Hathaway? You guys are up on Maggie Joe and all. Look, he, he, now he's right. getting mad. Oh, dude, Anne Hathaway's Catwoman no. is like... <laughs> that's a that's a lip-biting moment right there. When she rides away on that bike, she's a fucking smoke. <sighs> I'm sorry, uh, Chet Hanks. I don't watch I'm sorry Batman for, to I'm sorry get for calling a, a smoke though. show. I'm not allowed to do that anymore. No, I don't watch Batman to get boners either. I watch Batman <laughs> to get mind boners dude. from how stimulated I am from the Joker's psychological terror over the city of Gotham. Um, spin-off ideas. Let's pretend the Dark Knight Rises weird, never happened. Weird kink. Let's pretend the Dark Knight Rises, Dark Knight Rises never happened. And let's do some spin-offs here. Jack, do you have any? Do you have any All family right. sitcoms? Right. Evan, go ahead. I'll give Jack a second to think. My only spinoff idea, and if I had to put money on it, I will say this happens before we die because they make so many superhero movies. Is a young Alfred? They'll make a TV show or something about it where he's <laughs> out fighting gorilla. Uh, leaders in whatever country he says he is in this movie but um, yeah Alfred pre Wayne family service doing whatever he does okay he was a military man before that's all we know I think so now he's a now he's a manservant that's like his title I think that's so funny weird Jack you got anything you're cooking up I, I, I have one okay it's called Brucey Bats and um, it, it's either going to be on Showtime or Stars. Um, and the synopsis is following an accidental indecent exposure controversy, Batman is forced into retirement and becomes a hitman for the mafia. And his name is Brucey Bats? Yeah, they're like, hey, Brucey Bats, Bats, I need you to take care of this guy on 14th Street. <laughs> and then he just goes and does it. He hasn't paid me my vig yet. Hey, we got the new guy, Brucey Bats. <laughs> you see this guy? Does he dress up? Does he dress up as Batman? Is it like a tracksuit that has like a bat theme to it? No, it's just him like sitting around like they all like, like, like dressed with the Sopranos, but it's just him in his bat costume. Oh my God. Yeah. Hey, Bruce, you don't need right. to wear the costume at the meetings, bro. As always, we're ending on a great note from the Martian Spinoff Academy. Uh, feel free to hit up Jack if you ever need any sequels to be distributed. Um, for Sarah Smith, for Evan Northrup, for Jack Martin, I'm signing off. Um, Maggie Gyllenhaal sucks. Uh, oh my God, <laughs> Maggie Gyllenhaal, wherever you are tonight, I hope you're having a lovely evening. I hope you never hear this. I hope she listens to it. Honestly. I hope Nolan listens to it, right? And I hope that the only he CGI, <laughs> other other than Eckhart's face in this movie, I hope the only CGI is them replacing Maggie Gyllenhaal with... Ooh. Honestly, give me... We can't... It's a terrible... We can't end on that note. Replacing yeah, Maggie I'm going to come up... 
I think Heather Graham. Want, I want Heather Graham as as Maggie Gyllenhaal. She would be much better. I think if you walked up to Christopher Nolan and said, "Hey, do you can you listen to my podcast about your movie?" He'd spit on you. <laughs> Honestly, he'd call Bruce and Bats on you for sure. <laughs> All right, peace out, everybody. Thanks for listening to Running Back. Uh, we will be na- back next week, and we're not telling you what movie it is. You don't get to know. What is it? I want to know. I don't even know I don't what know it is. What it is.